Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Experts Podcast. My name's Nick Hayes. Hi, I'm Carmen Braidwood. Carms, we're talking events, we're talking big stadiums, we're talking... Uh, you're a, you go to a lot of events. Yeah, I have done over the years, been invited to and lucky enough to attend some pretty exclusive things, actually, and MC some pretty cool things. You do. You, you, you do all of that. I mean... Uh, a location of an event also such an important thing yeah because i think um, so many people that are organizing events can get it so wrong just on the location yeah and when you get it right you can really do a lot for your event and the place that we're going to talk about today it's had to cope with the the, the rigors of covid and the, the lack of events so we can talk about that but also it's got real wow factor that is being maximized by event managers by media uh, by all kinds of people at the minute actually well let's have a chat to the head of meetings and special events, Nadia Owen at Optus Stadium. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a pretty impressive little place that I built it myself. You did? Yeah, with my very bare hands. You and Colin. You're going to let Colin Barnett have a little bit of a say in it? He was out the front. (laughs) He was building the the Canfield, let's be honest. (laughs) Well, let's go back to that time when the stadium was being built. Where were you in the whole arrangement? Pre-Optus Stadium gig? Yes. So I I actually moved over from Melbourne uh, to uh, be part of the pre-opening team at Optus Stadium back when it was still referred to as Perth Stadium. And I got moved over here at the start of 2017. So I was previously at what was then called Etihad Stadium in Melbourne, which is now Marvel Stadium. Well, it always seems to change names as yes. well, that one, because it's uh, – is it just because the branding opportunity uh, is money always talks, up for Nick, grabs? we all know that. Mm. Money talks. Well, let's stay on that <laughs> money talks, because Optus Stadium, it came under a little bit of uh, – I would say people were a little annoyed. I think West Australians and Perth people particularly wanted it to be called Perth Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand – Money does talk mm-hmm. and Optus spends a bit of money to, to have that naming rights. Every business that wants to put their name on a venue uh, wants to have that exposure, um, not just their brand but, you know, the media opportunities that come from that. So I think uh, it it makes sense to help re-inject the money that our taxpayers have paid to build the stadium, mm-hmm. the money that Optus and any naming rights partner contribute to a government owned venue then gets reinvested in 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 the city and the and the state. So, you know, Optus have probably helped build some hospitals and the like as a result of having the naming rights. They could build more. We, if they could. But you're going <laughs> to yeah. love me, Nadia, because I got called up on a Saturday morning at about 8am to say, can you make it down to, to Optus Stadium? We need a branding expert to talk Ooh. about the the effect that calling it Optus Stadium. Mm. So I might be in your archives there. <laughs> and, and by the way, I was the only one that was uh, was answering their calls. So they, they were pretty desperate for branding experts if they it. were coming to me. Um it's an amazing stadium, and I've been there many times for events. Mm-hmm. Um, you you run a very slick event. 
what's it like to be running that show that you've got all the, the, the current things, everything is up to date. It's just a, it's a state of the art uh, uh, place. Is yeah. it, what's that like to run? She is a very sexy stadium and we're very <laughs> lucky to be able to have such a beautiful, modern, architecturally savvy and technologically advanced venue at our doorstep here in Perth. Uh, Stadia for a long time have had a really bad reputation for just being run down, you know, not caring about the fan experience and the guest experience. So the the design premise of Optus Stadium was that. That was the, the, the real priority, was making sure that people of all ages and genders enjoyed their experience. So uh, the fans first ethos was really what was a guiding principle for the development of the design, layout, etc. of the venue. I have the pleasure of being in charge of the meetings and special events department, which we also call MACE, and <laughs> that is uh, everything that is non-match day. So my, my department is charged with filling the venue every other day of the year with interesting content, whether it is, and I know you've been involved with State of Social, which yes. is uh, Australia's Meg largest Coffee's digital conference. Event. Yep. And that's coming up in August this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we do weddings, we've done funerals, we've done everything in between with Christmas parties and conferencing and uh, product launches. So, you know, the one thing we haven't done is record a live podcast there yet. So, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll take it on the road. That. We'll have to change to that. We could do that. There's an it's, idea. It's a slightly too big a room, though, for, for our little podcast. Well, we can go into the media area. Correct. There's a dedicated media zone. Mm-hmm. I remember getting the tour before Optus Stadium was even ready to go. We are still calling it Perth Stadium. It mm. was still in construction and we saw that beautiful new media wing. So it's got all the, the mod cons. Mm. Let's talk about other events, right? So that I think it was still in the heady days of, of sheer novelty. Like to, to turn up at an event that was held at Optus Stadium back then was, um, I think it was the WA Sports Star of the Year Awards that I emceed out in the middle of the Oval. Yep. And when people People turned up. You know, it was like, wow, look at this place. Mm-hmm. And for event organisers to capture that, like what, what area do we call and ask you to book? Because there was a lot of areas involved in that, wasn't there? There were, and um, that Sports Star Awards was one of the first events that we did uh, after opening. In it was January brand new, wasn't it? Yeah, correct. And that had uh, obviously elements of broadcast involved, and the interaction between the field of play and and the actual function spaces. And for eight hundred guests, like you say, it was one of most people's first experiences at the stadium. So we really pride ourselves on activating the stadium and making people feel like they own it. Mm. So for an 800-person event to come in and say, I'm going to have my MC on the field of play Mm. and I'm going to be commanding a crowd that is not too dissimilar in terms of the the vibe that you get to a 60,000 person event hmm. it's it's just that on a lower scale but then to have all the lighting infrastructure and the the technology behind you it, it is it's I'm not sure for you to have been on this on the ground to do that it's just it's breathtaking and we're yes. in the business of creating incredible experiences for people and and that's what we're all about it's so. very memorable thank oh, you I, I love it's about experiences. It is. And I think even going to an event and having sponsored a particular event and seeing my brand mm. sitting up on the big screen, mm. you know, when you go to the footy and you, you see the replay of the goal just being kicked, but then when you look up on another day and see your logo mm. being represented in a, in a place that you normally associate sort of football and fun, etc., it's just 
great branding. Yeah, it, guarantee everyone's going to take a photo of that well, and stick it on correct. social media, it's right? It's a powerful asset for people to have at their fingertips and we we exploit that and we want people to exploit that. You know, you, you say that you've had your brand up there and I've seen it myself, but we have events that book in who want to do their, you know, we've had a furniture company every year do their Christmas party with us. And they do it on a Monday and mm-hmm. they only have about 150 people at their event. They yeah. do it on a Monday because they know that I'm quieter that yeah. day of the week, whereas Saturday night's obviously party <laughs> night. And they invite their guests out into the seating bowl and then they surprise their guests every year with essentially their awards and they use the super screens like oh. it's a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, wow. And so they'll say, you know, retail outlet of the year is a mum and dad owned mm. business. And then for those yeah. two, you know, the Johns and the Sarahs of the world to see their yeah. name and their faces up on the super screen, it just builds a wonderful bond between those people mm-hmm. and their company because they go, oh, wow, the company values me enough to put me up on the screen. And then from a branding perspective, as you say, Nick, you, you, people take photos of that. People want to have their photos in front of the mm. the super screen. Oh, it's just brilliant. It's a wonderful asset. It's just brilliant. And we tag you and we, mm. we put all that in and mm. then all of a sudden, because I've seen other businesses do it and go, I want to do that too. And it's just great. I, I think that's great. Um, before we talk about the hard times, what has been a COVID pandemic period, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you came from Marvel, which was then Eddie, Eddie had at the time. How do the two stadiums compare? Because I'm originally a Melbourne boy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I grew up in, well, didn't grow up in Etihad. Uh, I was an MCC member, but because North Melbourne played there, and then then they moved over to Etihad. That was a state of the art building. But when I go there now, compared She's to tired. what I've seen <laughs> uh, at Optus, it doesn't look the no. look the quality that I I remembered it. No, and you're right. And I don't mean to uh, bring any. It's older. Yeah, it's older. She's older. Yeah. yeah. She, she's got history. Um, mm-hmm. Etihad slash Marvel um, slash Big Bertha. Um, <laughs> she. She was good for when she was built. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, the downside to stadiums is that, you know, you can't just build one overnight and, and bring some new technology. Because in, in comparison, what we had here in yeah. Western Australia, if you can you compare well. that to the Subiaco, um, mm. that was mm. like going to the 1960s, 1950s 100%. type style. When I first moved here, I hadn't been to Perth before I moved here, and uh, on my first week at work, I met some of the Dockers guys, and they said, Nadia, come out and watch one of the games at Subiaco, and I was like oh my gosh, I've heard so much about Subiaco and how iconic it is in the same way you think about the Wacker. And I went there and I was like, oh God, you poor people. This is where <laughs> this is where you've been enjoying your sport. It was, it was um, you know, it has a lot of character, no doubt, or it did. Um, but you just look at the, the behemoth that is Optus Stadium yeah. and how the experience that it's designing for guests and fans alike, it's just, it's pulls apart and same with Eddie Hatton. Yeah. So what's the lifespan then of your average state-of-the-art stadium? How long have we got left at Optus? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think the way that it has been designed, uh, it is quite timeless. Having said that, who knows what is going to be built next. Mm-hmm. And it's also about 
you know, you look at the new stadiums that have been built in America and the the money that goes into those, uh, you know, it's a it's a whole different kettle of fish, really, um, and something I don't think we have the capabilities to do because we just don't have the money behind Or the those population sports. that needs it. Correct, yeah. But is there room for Optus to grow? Correct, there is, yeah. So there's room for us to grow and there's also room for us to, you know, put a um, Olympic running track in there if we were to get, um, you know, a We should games. definitely yeah. do the games um, as... But unfortunately, we've got a West Australian government that uh, doesn't allow for that. Uh, I've been saying this like on the radio. Events, except they do like state of origin. That's the most confusing thing yeah, for me. Point. Is that we bring Queensland versus New South Wales, play it at Optus Stadium. Looked amazing. And what a great ad for Perth it was. What yeah, a great Both times have been awesome. Yeah. Huge. Put that on, but we don't even bid for the Com Games or we don't bid for uh, bigger events. The Olympics. Olympics. Let's have the Olympics. Oh, heaven forbids we want that. Um <laughs> Nadia, let's talk about events. Now, if we were to go back two and a a bit years ago Mm -hmm. and things are flying, you know, things are happening and you guys are doing, then all of a sudden this little thing called COVID kicks in. Mm -hmm. What's it been like? We actually... We've, we were quite fortunate as a venue. Um, we we did shut down for a couple of months, so we were on a really fantastic trajectory, as was most uh, business event venues and uh, the event industry as a whole was doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then March 2020 happened. We received hundreds of cancellations and uh, a lot of panic clients, and I found myself playing the role of... Uh, psychologist for a lot yeah. of our clients who were just panicking because it was so unknown. Uh, so we we ended up shutting down for a couple of months, and then because we're quite fortunate to have obviously been in a bit more of a bubble here in Perth, we then eventually moved back into the office in June. We were all working from home, so we were because we're a government owned venue. We were very fortunate to be supported by the Western Australian government mm-hmm. and and keep our staff working. Uh, albeit remotely, and uh, my department was the first to reopen and we used the 1st of July as the opening date and we started doing events again. So as you would have you know, known from mm. living a life here as well, you know, where there were limitations on capacities and square meterages and, and the like, but we grew and we actually ended up, as, a t- as my department, we didn't suffer. We actually recorded phenomenal growth through that first year of COVID. Because, of course, Perth became the alternative venue for when the West Coast couldn't play, and I mean, the, sorry, the East Coast couldn't play their football matches. They are all played here. Correct. We even hosted the AFL Grand Final. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that experience. That was phenomenal. Uh, a huge body of work went into that across not just our business leaders, but uh, the, the government, Tourism Australia and the like, Everybody bandied together and and made sure that uh, something that unifies people, whether you like sport or not, you you can recognise that it unifies people uh, and people needed something to get excited about when the world was essentially falling around around them. Mm. Um, We had very little notice for hosting the AFL Grand Final. We had even less notice for uh, hosting the Brownlow Medal, Mm. which is what me and my team uh, pulled off in less than two weeks. And you did an an amazing job. Mm, Thank you. Do you you think that the fact that you didn't have too much time to think about it might have been in your favour, like going, we just need to get this done? Um, Would you have stressed more about it if you had, you know, months lead lead in time? Is it... it I, I think we we knew that we might be an option for both of those events and we can only do so much planning when 
we've got a million other things happening as well. I think personally, I know that we looked at Queensland's work on the grand final the year before and we were like, we can do better than that. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Game on. Good competition. Uh, yeah. And, and we did because we've got the beautiful infrastructure and the lighting and uh, the AFL very kindly allowed us to uh, suggest that we move it to a nighttime event so that we could play with the lighting infrastructure. Um, I think as a business in events, you have to be reactive. Yep. You also have to be able to do things at the drop of a hat. So mm-hmm. um, we, we know how to do that. We did that with Dreamtime, which was also a huge yeah. event for WA. Um and we recently actually had Kevin Sheedy and a few of the other main guys from Essendon come in and see us last week and sit down with all of our team and say, thank you so much, you did an amazing job. And for us to get that recognition, when we are quite reactive and we're, we're a little bit isolated, obviously, over here in Perth and uh, people didn't think necessarily that Perth could pull off such big events and we've set a really massive standard now. I, That's I, amazing. Can I just say, and, and this is hats off because... Um, I know as a Victorian originally and Victorians did not like seeing that grand final leave to go to Brisbane, mm. let alone coming to Perth. They thought they were going to get past it. They thought they were going to, it was all fixed. But every Victorian that I know just said, jeepers, what a good show you guys yep. put on. And fact, you know what? You did an amazing job and what a great ad it was for Perth and Western Australia. It, Thank you. You, you did an mm. incredible job. I know that, you know, your events and stuff like that would have been around that, but yep. that still showcases what we what you can do Absolutely. in little time mm. and get things up. Events. Mm. Your events are flying. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and when I say events, I've been to a couple in the in the last uh, in in the last couple of months uh, at at Optus. Is that there's still a little bit of uncertainty though? People are a little bit cautious. The the masks, etc. Is that how long is that going to play on for events and and particularly on your location, but mm. events generally because I, that does brings a bit a bit of anxiety for people when they're attending. You know, am I going to get COVID if I yeah. attend a, an and event also with people booking? I would say as well. So your your clients are probably thinking, oh, do I book something in three months in advance? Is that still creeping in? I think the 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 way people book events has changed now. People are very you know, cautious about spending money or, or putting a deposit down because they want to make sure that they're covered in case something goes horribly wrong again. So we see very short leads now for events where, and I, I was listening to one of your podcasts episodes previously with Tamara Cook from Known Associates and she's talking about how, you know, for those large events you can have an 18-month lead time. Sure. We are now seeing events that normally would have an 18-month lead time have a three or four month lead time Hmm. there's only so many places in Perth where you can do very large events for more than 800 people sure uh, in a ballroom capacity and those venues us included used to be booked out you know a year two years in advance and now people are really holding back and going I'm just waiting for the final go ahead yep all right, now we're going to drop dead and we're going to book this in and now it's 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 a war for dates because you, we only have one ballroom and it's beautiful but it books out very quickly. What so. a lovely war though to have as a, an event, mm-hmm. uh, a location mm-hmm. to yeah. have that competition on mm. but you you don't want to upset people and you no. want you want to be able to work with them. So is the advice for people and particularly businesses if they're organising an event Get in a bit earlier. Get in a bit earlier. Yourself. Go back to the way it used to be and yep. and 
have that open communication with us. We're, we're a very transparent team. We know that we have limitations with the fact that our sporting calendar, particularly as a football fan, you'd know this, Nick, the, the AFL doesn't give us the full list of fixtures in advance anymore. So no. we, we play a very big dance with trying to figure out can a client book their thousand-person dinner on a Saturday night in June? We don't know that now. Yeah. So would it be better if we went back to a fixed fixture? It would. And I think that comes it though with amazing. a bit more certainty around <laughs> when we are. It will happen. Down. But you got to remember, we d- we don't report the six thousand COVID cases in each state each day anymore. No. Mm. So it's still happening behind the scenes. People think that it's all gone. Yeah. But yeah. what I what I'm super impressed with what happens at Optus at your events is that there are people that still feel comfortable without or with. Mm. I mean, it is recommended that you do just mm. for the sake of, you know, cleanliness and keeping yourself safe. But at the same time, there's enough distance. There's enough room in there. You feel like Correct. you couldn't, you could swing three cats around and you could <laughs> still wouldn't hit anyone. And I think that's where we really benefited as a venue and the way my department marketed our product through COVID and why we were able to be quite successful compared to some of the other venues is we really capitalise on the fact that we are a big venue. Yeah. We have plenty of space. There's a lot of airflow. We stopped using recycled air conditioning immediately after the COVID pandemic mm. hit. So we we could use our isolation, our space, our grandeur as an asset, which has sometimes been something that people say is a hindrance to a stadium. So through that, through being able to have a window in every single function room, people feel a bit more comfortable mm. and they know that there's there's fresh air literally on the other side or through a door. We're not a you know, a, a hotel where the function rooms are downstairs in the basement. We are an, uh, a light, bright facility. And like you say, we we can allow people to wear a mask if they want to. Same with our staff, you know, we're, we're not putting hard and fast rules on them anymore. We say, if you feel more comfortable wearing a mask, you're welcome to. Uh, and same with guests. So I've seen it at, at plenty of events now where a lot of people are choosing not to wear masks because, you know, we're evolving. Mm. The, the COVID reaction is evolving. I mean, I, I had it a month ago and it really knocked me around, but my partner had it two weeks before then and it just hit him for two days. And Yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't. Blokes aren't getting hit by this thing. I know. It's you a, reckon? You've got man flu, though. That yeah, is a yeah, constant well, burden. You, got, you lock your birth, so yeah. we're all even, okay? <laughs> my hubby hey. definitely got it worse than me. Oh, I was fine. Really? Yeah, compared yeah, to him. It's yeah. been amazing. Now, here's a challenge for you, Nadi, because mm. we do put on a little event, Media Stable. It's mm-hmm. called Meet the Media. Yes. Now, we when we're in Brisbane, we go to the Gabba. Mm-hmm. When we're in Adelaide, we go to Adelaide Oval. Oh. We haven't got. We're missing a we're, trick. We're then missing here, something aren't we? here. We're missing <laughs> something here. And the SCG is on our on our hit list uh, in in Sydney. But um, no, look, we're at the Australian Institute of Management. We have been there for a couple of years, so it, it does work. But what kind of businesses now can book? Because I think I think an event, mm. it's such a, an important um, message to clients and to prospects. When you do an event well, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it is a great ad for your business and company. So what kind of businesses are booking? You mentioned the furniture store. Mm. What, what's some of the unusual businesses that are coming through to, to book events or, at the, or pretty much the run of the norm? I think where I'm 
we're the people's stadium. Yeah. So we will work with anybody and everybody. So we've worked with mum and dad organisations um, like furniture companies. Mm-hmm. I'd love to name all of my clients, but obviously I cannot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we've got a huge variety of mining industry, obviously being the mining capital of Australia. We've got recruitment firms. We've got the housing industry. And real estate's obviously gone bananas over the past couple of years. So it's nice to see them. Uh, doing their events again because yep. previously they just didn't have the budget for it. Yeah, um, we do big balls, uh, so a lot of the big finance companies, the big four, they'll be looking to do the red large cape events. ball. Exactly, yeah. Oh. Uh, Ashley Harrison's annual event. Uh, she uh, is already sold out, I believe, for yeah. their event later this year. We've had dinner on Blanc before as well. Mm. We we will we will do anything. Yeah. It sounds a bit desperate when I say that out loud, <laughs> but but we have got the flexibility to be able to accommodate you everything. And you're, and you're the People's Stadium. Did, did you steal that from Tony Blair, the, the People's Princess? You're the People's Stadium. <laughs> I'm, I've been calling us the People's Stadium for years, so um, maybe it was a little subtle marketing from Tony Blair oh, back in the day. I love day. it. <laughs> well, you mentioned off uh, before we started the podcast, there are 30 different spaces that you mm. have available at Optus Stadium. 30. 30. Now, that's right. I can think of three, mm. I guess. I you know, just keep so going to that one that is the riverside view, the look of the city. Yeah. It's the most gorgeous. I tell you what, if you haven't been there, people, get there because it is one of the best views mm. in Western Australia to look across the city. Yeah. And if, if you have those 30 different locations, I guess that's what makes you so flexible, right? Correct. So even a small budget could go in there? Absolutely. And it's it's. It's something people don't realise is that we actually do a lot of small meetings. So we've got 101 corporate suites and at any given point during a week, you'll have people doing a small boardroom meeting in Mm. one of those, team building, small lunches. So we can do an event from two people, 10 people, 20 to several thousand. Can I tell you a little war story uh, about a stadium? Wembley Stadium, UK, okay. Um, Just been built. And um, the very first event that they put on was one of the second level uh, soccer uh, football uh, games. It was a final. Mm-hmm. And I was invited by one of Deutsche Bank uh, to go mm-hmm. in their suite. And they'd never been used before. The, yeah. the, the key had been used for the first time Woo-hoo! to open up. And the bar, the fridges were all full of beer and we, we drank the bar dry. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> not, my, not my, just myself. There was 30 others. But mm-hmm. then we asked the people, they said, well, where do you get more? And they looked at each other and go, we don't know. We've never done this before. Yeah. It's all brand new. It's all brand new. We don't know where to get it from and all that sort of thing. It was just like, but stadiums just bring about something that, and that's probably why we do a meet mm-hmm. the media at those kind of events is because I want to go to the Gabba. You know, I want to go to Adelaide Oval. Yeah, it's and interesting. Just soak it all up because I've been there for sporting events. I just want to, I just want to experience it again. It, mm-hmm. It's, they're a great calling card for, for people and businesses. And that's uh, why we know that we're not going to host the grand final again. Uh, last year was a bit of a, you know, a unique moment for us as a business, but every year we host grand final events yeah. at the stadium. And what started as a 800-person lunch in the Riverview room, which you love, we now sell the corporate suites, so groups of mates can go in there and, and watch the game on the big screen, oh, but great. also have some private catering. Yeah, We're also doing a new oh, concept this what a year great idea. where it's a bit more of like a boys kind of sports bar vibe. So we want to activate the venue as much as possible and, and give people the ownership that they that they want so much from this venue. You know, we want people to come in every day of the week, whether they are a sports fan or not. We want. We just hosted last week the uh, opening event for the Truffles Unearthed series. So, 
that was in partnership with the WA Good Food Guide. Mm-hmm. And people don't often affiliate a stadium with good catering because they're just so used to having a pie and some hot chips and a beer on a, on mm-hmm. a match day. Nothing but, wrong with that. And we're all <laughs> for it. And that's, that's a, the bread and butter of a venue of our scale. But on the flip side, we have incredible chefs that curate the most delicious food. And yep. we win awards for that on our May side. And the truffle dinner was a six-course degustation. And people, we want to attract foodies. We want to attract brides we want to attract baby showers we, yep. we we are the people's stadium oh. as I said before, and we've got the capability to accommodate everybody not just sports fans okay nadia we, we've talked a lot about the optus <laughs> stadium and, and your role there as the events manager uh, your employer essentially is the government the west australian government so how how do they view it when you choose to put yourself out there and and leave yourself vulnerable to a bit of uh, you know potentially scrutiny in the media and I speak about when you actually shared a pretty vulnerable social media post and it attracted media attention can you share with us what happened uh, so I'm quite a I'm what's referred to as a lion on uh, LinkedIn which is a LinkedIn open networker and I will accept pretty much any request that comes my way because. I see LinkedIn as a very powerful and um, very well executed Mm. business development tool. It works. It works. And Mm. I've been on it for years and uh, I was one of the early adopters of it for Optus Stadium and talking to people about and sharing the information about what we were doing there. And as a result, I built a very strong following on LinkedIn and I'll often go to networking events and people are like, oh, I know you from LinkedIn. Um, They don't know me from anything else, but Mm. they know me because I talk about the stadium quite a bit. And uh, over the years, as I'm sure you would have experienced, Carmen, there's always going to be an idiot uh, or two. And one of those – it was a morning where I just woke up, saw that this man had unnecessarily used the LinkedIn platform as essentially like a Tinder platform. And – I must have woken up on the wrong side of the bed and gone, do you know what? Not today. Good. Not today. Good for you. I normally, and, and women, were, were conditioned to we kind of ignore, ignore, So this delete, is not a first occasion. Move this is on. Happen- not the first occasion. It's happening all the time. And yeah. it continues to happen, continues. which is what is more frustrating. Right. Uh, but on this occasion, I screenshotted it and I put a post up saying, this is inappropriate. Inappropriate behaviour on LinkedIn. Yep. This is a B2B platform. Mm. If you want to hit on me... Find me on a dating website, but yeah. I'm not on a dating website because I'm in a very loving relationship. But as a result, by calling it out, it went bananas. Yeah. I've never had anything go viral before and I probably will never have anything go viral again. But it obviously resonated with the um, community that I've built over uh, the years mm-hmm. and it went everywhere. Yeah, And it was unexpected and when... I first started getting calls from media to talk about it. Mm. Um, I was very concerned because I I represent a state-owned yep. venue. Yeah. And I was so nervous when I went in to see my CEO. I was, you know, like, <laughs> This <laughs> has happened. I'm like, this yeah. has happened. Um, they know that I do a lot on LinkedIn and it, it brings us a lot of business as mm. well um, as really positive brand recognition. And I said to my CEO, I said, something's happened. <laughs> Uh, and I explained the situation and I said, the media want to talk to me about it. And he's like, I'm really proud of you for yeah. calling it out. Good. Well done. And I love that. And I think 
Where I'm fortunate, as I mentioned before, I moved over from Melbourne. I was working uh, at a stadium. Stadiums are traditionally boys' clubs. Yeah. There is a legacy of harassment, you know, misconduct. Mm. We see, we've seen in government over the past couple of years yep. being highlighted. And I think I just reached the point where I'm a female leader in my industry. I was lucky enough to move to Perth to start a department from scratch. <clears throat> I know that I beat three men to the role. I have a responsibility for my team, which is currently nine other women, particularly young girls, to call a spade a spade and not tolerate that type of behaviour because we're not going to see any change being enacted if we don't call it out. Yeah. And that's what I did. My CEO was in immensely proud, which was great. Yeah. Uh, it could have obviously gone a completely different way, but luckily he's a beautiful human. And as a result of it, I, one of my team had it happen to her a few months later and I said, call it out. Yeah. Name and shame. And I'm so tired of seeing people getting away with things because yeah. we've, we've got that black line that covers up a name. Why should we not make people feel uncomfortable when they've made us feel uncomfortable? Uh, I, I love, love it. it. Well done, Nadia. Nadia, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Sincerely. And, and I can see that that was, even then, you were quite emotional about uh, it. and It just grinds my gears. And yeah. the fact that it hasn't improved, mm. I still have it. But keep fighting. And, and that's and, what it's and all do about. It. Yeah. Because mm. you know what? I, I read that post. I'm one of the viral uh, members there that saw mm. what you wrote and went, good on you. Yeah. And well yeah. done. It's never happened to me. Mm. And why? Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I'm the bloke. I'm the guy. that. Yeah, there's a, some reason there's this tacit sort of implication that because you're a woman on social media, you're Successful. asking to be approached. Mm. Yeah. And it, it happens. I'm slowly filtering out the, the guys who are following the hot chick from the radio and, you know, by, by just blocking. <sighs> Like anything I put up about my business these days, I still get comments like, you're perfect, be my wife, will you marry oh me? I'm like, really? Mm. Really? Yeah. Like is, is, that, is that working for you, pal? How many people are you trying that on? Like really, it's just not necessary. It is not necessary and it's inappropriate and I still get uh, women reaching out to me on LinkedIn saying, I've seen this, I've had the same experience, what do you recommend? Yep. And that was also a huge amount of pressure to then have on me mm. to be counselling a lot of people on this. But... Like what you say, if you don't call it out or if you don't it just take keeps action, on happening. it's going to keep on happening. Nadia Owen, what a pleasure to have mm. you on the Experts Podcast. If people want to get in contact with you, mm -hmm. how do they do it? If they want to book an event. Now, by the way, everyone, if you're booking an event in Perth, go to Optus Stadium first and then check out all the other places. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll go for a coffee or we'll go for a wine, uh, depending on what time of day it is. But um, you can see all the amazing things we do on our Instagram, obviously Optus Stadium and also the Optus Stadium special events uh, Instagram page. And then you can find me on LinkedIn. Like I said, I'm an open networker until you do something stupid. Um, yeah. And I imagine that your audience do not do that. I did not know that. A LinkedIn mm. on, what is it? A, link a LinkedIn open networker. Uh, You're right. Didn't it. know about that either. Hmm. And Nadia, thank you for sharing. That was that was very special and and a, and a good message to everyone out there. If you are being or affected by this, or if someone is approaching you inappropriately, call it out um, because you are just letting them get away with it. And mm -hmm. uh, and I know that's not easy because that and there's support out there. Correct. And I think the more people that talk about it and highlight it in the same way, anything you know, I know you've had Cassie Silver on the podcast mm. in the past, and and she she obviously. Had brought a huge amount of attention to the IVF process. Mm. Sure. If people aren't talking about these things, yep. people can't improve or they can't learn or they can't know that they're 
not alone. Yeah, and it's very true. There are a lot of perpetrators out there who maybe don't quite realise they've crossed the line and just need it explained to them. Absolutely. Professor Gary Martin, just putting you on notice, I might be moving over to Optus Stadium oh. with Meet the Media. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, Nadia. My absolute pleasure. Another well great one comes. Loved it. What a ripper. I do love that stadium and I'd love it better when North Melbourne wins that there and <laughs> I have seen them twice win at Optus Stadium. And that's twice that very rare opportunity to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, We look forward to speaking to another expert and another media. Look forward to having your company next week. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.